0: Good morning. morning. As your AM, I I come before you with a heavy, heavy heart, but at the same time, a heart that nevertheless is rejoicing because I know where Terry is, and I can see Terry with uh, Brother Larry and so many others uh, that have gone before us, Ms. Cynthia, uh, and many of the members of this church who've gone in recent years, I can see them uh, just having a hallelujah time together. Um, As your associational missionary, it's part of my job is to make sure that you're okay. And uh, I can't tell you what to do. That is not my right. I I, I work for you and with you. In fact, you're my boss, so to speak. uh, But, just like with a pastor... I'm still, when you're without a pastor, I, I assume that role is your your immediate under-shepherd until you get someone else or you get an interim. And I've talked to several of you. And, uh, you know, there's so many people I could get from the state convention to come and help you for a few weeks until you decide as a church what you're going to uh, do exactly. But why do that? You have, you have Brother Herschel. I'm gonna tell you, Herschel. Well, uh, is one of the best. Pre- he is one of the best. He's not even. He's a deacon, ordained deacon, and he is one of the best exegetes, uh, uh, you know, of Scripture that I've ever met. Because he studies. He doesn't have a seminary degree, but now he's smart enough to have a PhD. Now you, you you you're supposed to cover years, so I've asked him to come and and until Turner opens back up uh, on Sunday morning, they're closed down right now. Now if I'm out of stepping out of bounds, guys, but hersher's going to fill in until you say otherwise, and he's humble enough to to recognize the authority of the church. And if you if you say well. we'll Brother Herschel, we need a break from you this Sunday because your preaching is just too hard on us. No, I'm joking. (laughs) But if it's okay, Herschel, well, it's got to be okay because I've already asked him to fill in next Sunday. And uh, if it's okay with you guys, until his church opens back up, he's going to supply for you. And he's not going to lead you astray. He's part... Actually, just uh, for all practical purposes, one of you. And um, Herschel, I hope I didn't put you on the spot like that. But I love this man. Yeah. But you know, we have uh, Brother Terry and Brother Herschel and I formed a bond over these last uh, seven and a half years well, not quite seven and a half years, but working, uh, we just started the seventh year as A.M., Glenn, and I have. And um, the, these are the, the, these two men have meant so much to me. And while I won't get to continue that fellowship with, with Terry, uh, I can continue that fellowship with all the other pastors that are left and with you. And I just want you to know I, I love you. And I'm... What I'm preaching this morning I'm going to deal with the text But I want to share something that's very important to me And I think it's very appropriate this time I I I want to preach on heaven this morning That's what the Lord has laid on my heart And I'm sure you won't object to that Unless you're not going to heaven And maybe the Holy Spirit would convict you To trust Jesus so you can go but you don't trust Jesus to get out of hell. You trust Jesus because uh, He's the Lord and Savior of your life and, and He's the most important person in your life. Uh, heaven's just one of the benefits. That's just a benefit. You don't get saved to go to heaven. You get saved to tr- follow Jesus Amen. and love Jesus Amen. with all your heart. Heaven's just a great benefit. Amen? Aren't you glad? That those of us who've truly been born again love Jesus and he's the Lord of our lives. We, we have a home in heaven. So that's what we're going to talk about. So anyway, having said all that previous stuff, uh, Herschel will be with you Sunday and I'll get back with you. And we'll, we'll more than likely, unless you say otherwise and unless Herschel goes back. Uh, to, uh, to Turner on Sunday mornings, uh, he's going to uh, fill, this, uh, fill this void uh, at this time, and um, he and I will be talking, and the leadership of the church, if you need to talk, discuss anything with us, uh, transitions are hard. It's hard enough when you lose a pastor who feels led to move elsewhere, or, or retire, resign, it's doubly hard when you when you lose a pastor in death, but you know what? God's on His throne, Amen? Amen, and He's in control, and He's going to get you through this. And let me tell you, if you have an inkling of 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 doubt about uh, the future of West Acres Baptist Church, I think I've said this before when I've been with you. You need to get you need to you need to get that out of your head. God's going to have you here. Are you listening to me? God's going to have you here until he comes again, Amen. whether it's whether it's eight or ten or twenty or a hundred or or you get down to three or four God's going to have you here because I'm telling you there's still there's still a field white unto harvest, Amen. and God's going to open the heavens and pour out uh Uh, His blessings on this place. I believe that with all my heart. Don't you, Herschel? We just need to continue to pray and trust the Lord. If you will, open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22. And when you find Revelation chapter 22, would you stand in honor of God's Word? Revelation chapter 22. Starting with verse 1, we'll read through verse 5. And then he showed me a river of water of life clear as crystal coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb in the middle of its street. And on either side of the river was a tree of life bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There will be no longer be any curse and the throne of god and the lamb will be in it and his bond servants will serve him and they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads and there will no longer be any night and they will not have need of the light of the lamp or the light of the sun because the lord god will illumine them and they will reign forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. God will bless the reading of his precious and errant word. Have you ever had the exquisite pleasure of visiting a beautiful place? Perhaps it was a state park or a national park or or one of the uh, uh, often visited places. uh, Sites in, in the world or in this nation that had great, exquisite beauty. Well, let me tell you something. Heaven's far more beautiful and, and wonderful than anything we will experience in this life. I think about the Queen of Sheba who came to visit King Solomon one day, who was the third king of Israel. For she had heard many times over how the king uh, was a great man, and he he had all of these uh, great things going for his kingdom. And after she visited several days in Jerusalem, she exclaimed, "'They told me of your wisdom, Solomon.' They told me of your beautiful kingdom. They told, uh, told me about your power and, and your intellect and, and all of that uh, kind of stuff. But when I get to heaven, or, or rather, uh, but they haven't told me, but the half has never been told. And heaven will be far greater than any kingdom on earth. Heaven will be greater than than Solomon's kingdom. It'll be greater than any earthly kingdom. It will be greater than anything we've ever uh, comprehended or seen or visited. Heaven will be greater. And I'm going to tell you why it's going to be the best experience you've ever had because Jesus is there. A little child was born blind. and He had never had the privilege of of seeing the world around him. And the mother tried to describe uh, all the things uh, around him. She heard of a doctor who had performed a successful optical operation. And she took him to the surgeon. The surgeon did the the procedure on the small boy, and after the operation was completed, and and they were able to remove the bandages from his eyes. For the first time, he was able to observe the trees and and the green grass and the butterflies fluttering by, and the and the birds in the trees and. And the beautiful blue sky and and the flower beds around the house. And he said to his mom, Mother, why haven't you told me how beautiful everything is? And she said, I tried. But you had to see it for yourself. You see, beloved, there's some things that are in heaven that we're going to have to see for ourselves. For the half has never been told. And and listen, no matter what uh, what we think and what we feel about heaven and what we've been told about heaven, what we've been taught about heaven, even the beautiful explanation in the Word of God, we still haven't understood and comprehended and seen all that is involved. Listen, there will be no night there, Revelation 21, 23 tells us. And there is no need of the sun, neither moon to shine in it, for the glory of God lightens it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. He's in the midst of it. There is no need of any uh, uh, artificial light. Jesus is the light of the world even now. But in heaven, He will be the light of heaven. Heaven is a light without darkness. It is the very opposite, beloved, of what we understand as hell. The Bible speaks of hell as outer darkness. Complete, absolute darkness. With no light whatsoever. Heaven is just the opposite. Because Jesus is the light of heaven. Listen again to the text. Revelation 22.5 And there shall be no night there. And there will be no candle. Neither light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light. And they shall reign with him forever and ever. There will be no pain there. For well, the Word of God tells us in Revelation 21:4, neither shall there be any more pain. It is glory, then, beloved, without pain. It is, in spite of all the modern medical advances in science, people still suffer diseases and, and heart ailments and cancer, and, and they have accidents, and, and things get broken, and, and people die. And people suffer. My wife always says, you know, I'm not afraid to die. I'm just afraid to suffer in the process. But listen, let me tell you something. In heaven, there'll be no more pain. There'll be no more suffering. There'll be no sorrow there, too. The Bible tells us. In our text, in Revelation 21, 4, it is joy without sorrow. Listen, beloved, whenever one of our loved ones dies, knowing Jesus as their Lord and Savior, we don't sorrow. Yes, we do sorrow. That's part of the process of our healing. If you don't grieve properly, you will not heal properly properly, emotionally, and spiritually, and psychologically. But, beloved, we do not grieve like the rest of the world. We do not grieve as those who have no hope. We're not hopeless. Yes we've lost a dear brother and you've lost a dear pastor and you you've lost a friend and 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 uh, someone that you cared for someone that cared for you but listen he's not dead As I often said over the years as a pastor, when I would do the memorial services for the beloved members of churches I pastored, I would remind the family each and every time that I did a funeral service, listen, he's more alive or she's more alive now than she ever or he ever was in this earthly pilgrim. Because when we come into this world, the Bible is very clear that every one of us, when we are born, when we are birthed into this world physically, we immediately start dying. But when we enter that world, we start living. And it never digresses, never regresses Never stops, never ends. It's eternal life. The opposite in hell is often described in the Word of God, and the scholars tell us that it's not. You don't. When you, we all actually will exist. One of two places, either heaven or hell. But in hell, it is eternal death. Yet you, you, you will die in the body of your death without Jesus, and you'll exist in that uh, way for the all eternity where there's gnashing of teeth, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, but not so in heaven. Listen, I, I would tell people, don't don't just walk an aisle or or take a preacher by the hand and say, Well, yeah, you know, I'm not ready to get, to, to uh, turn my life over him uh, to be my Lord, my absolute Master and 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 boss of my life. i but I but I do want to go to heaven. So I'm gonna live the way I want to. But I want to go to heaven. So Lord, I'm gonna pray and ask you to be my savior. But you can't be my lord. See, there are countless multitudes of people when we know them who've said Lord, Lord. And the Bible says there are many who say Lord, Lord. But there, but there, uh, many of these people have never been saved. They've just had their names written in uh, a a roll book. But their names are not written in the blood of the Lamb in the Lamb's Book of Life. But I'm confident that our brother too is. Standing in the very presence of his Lord and Savior, and there is no pain in his body. There is no sorrow there. For God will wipe away all tears from their eyes, neither Uh, will there be sorrow nor crying there will be no worries there listen he doesn't have to worry anymore listen we don't have to worry if we've made that transaction with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior it is so easy to tell people not to worry in this life not to be anxious in this life but in heaven there will be no worry we won't have to remind people not to worry we won't have to walk up to someone and say, hey, God's got this because we'll know it. Amen. All will be perfect. Listen, even people you didn't get along with in this life who actually got saved before they died, that you thought there's no way in the world this person saved and you get there and you'll be surprised and shocked who will be there. But it won't because they, it won't be because they prayed a prayer and said, "Lord, I want you to save me," but you can't be the Lord of my life. It'd be someone who said, "Lord, I am nothing; I am absolutely nothing, unworthy to be saved by your grace." But Lord, I recognize that you died as the perfect ultimate sacrificial lamb you were the substitutionary atonement for my life and Lord I believe you died you literally died but you rose again on the third day and you ascended back to the right hand of the father and you intercede for me and you're coming for me again I believe that with all my heart then you know that you know that you know in whom you believed and you have a home in heaven Terry believed that. All of your loved ones and friends who've gone before in the Lord knew that. And they embraced that. So for Terry, there's no worry. There's no temptation in heaven. It is living without sin, for there will we will be faultless there. You say, well, are we going to be are we going to be perfect? In the sense that Jesus is perfect, that God is perfect, we'll be as perfect as we're going to be, but we'll still be the creature, but we'll be we'll be a faultless creature without sin who's as perfect as we possibly can be, worshiping the Lamb of God. See, in heaven, it's not like we're going to walk around like we're gods or we're, and we're not going to be angels. We need to dispel that false theology. Folks, when Christians die, we don't become angels. Why in the world would you want to be less than, than God's crowning uh, jewel of creation? Amen? Amen? Right. Haven't you heard people say, Oh, my loved one, he's an angel in heaven. He's, she's an angel. Uh, they're not angels. They're the saints. They're, the, they're, they're totally fulfilled saints of God. Did you know in this life, we are both saint and sinner? If you're lost, you're just a sinner, okay? You may be the best person since sliced bread, but if you don't know Jesus, you're just a lost, hellbound sinner. If you're saved, you're. you're it's the paradox, the seeming contradiction, of, but a paradox is not a contradiction, it's a seeming contradiction. It's a seeming contradiction or a paradox that you and I who know Jesus were both sinner and saint. Now, when God looks at us, He doesn't see us as sinners. He sees the blood, the righteousness of Jesus on our behalf. Amen? Isn't that great news? But the Holy Spirit is the one in this life who says, All right, Jay Fulton, Ed, you think you're so you think you're so hot stuff? You remember, yes God the Father is looking at you and seeing that you're that you're perfect because of the righteousness of his Son Jesus, but I'm here to tell you, and I know that too, but uh, the Holy Spirit is the one who's kicking us in the seat of the britches, spiritually speaking and saying, "Fulton Abinette, get up, get your heart right, go to your neighbor and make that right. Go to that person that you abuse and misuse and talk badly to." Go to your pastor and apologize for gossiping about him. Go go to that deacon and say, Hey, how can I help you be a better servant leader in the church? But when we get to heaven, we won't have to worry about any of that. Everything we do will be completely perfect. And we won't have time to argue and debate and ask questions. People say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask this and that. No, you won't. It won't be necessary, will it? Because you'll be doing exactly what you're supposed to do. And if you have, if you're asking questions, then then there's some doubt, uh, uh, you know, because you're wanting answers to your questions. All the answers to your questions will be answered in heaven. There's no need to ask questions. You'll understand by and by like the old song says you'll understand everything you need to understand and and the things that you don't understand you won't worry about it you won't worry about it and again, in heaven, you're not, you're not standing up there in heaven. It, uh, Terry's not up there in heaven right now wringing his hands saying, Oh, I'm so worried about my family. I'm so worried about my wife. I'm so worried about uh, West Acres Baptist Church. I'm worried about uh, Dr. Aminette and his health. He's not worried about any of us. He's rejoicing. And if it were possible, if it was even slightly possible for us to, to communicate with him right now and, and ask him the question in the presence of God and, and all of God's holy angels, and, and, and again, they're not greater than, than uh, the saints of God, but they'll all be there. But if we were to communicate with him and dialogue with him at this very moment... If we could get on a uh, hotline to heaven and, and call up heaven and say, we want to speak to Terry Brown and say, Terry, do we, would you like to come back? Uh-uh. <laughs> there's no way. He said, there's no way I, I won't come back. But that's not, listen, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Amen. He's rejoicing. That's right. And that's why those of us who remain, yes, we grieve and we sorrow but not as those who have no hope because we're going to have the same existence fully realized one day. You say, but what if I don't endure to the end? What if I don't stay saved? It's, listen, it's impossible for you not to endure. Everyone here who's saved, you don't have to raise your hands, but I, I always like to say, I'm saved, hallelujah. If you do that, that's fine. There's no worries for you to live as Christ. Are you listening? To die is gain. But don't have a death wish. Get over that. If you, you say, well, ever, I know some people, uh, I know some family members that are every day of their life, they're saying, oh, I wish the Lord just take me. If you're one of those, get over that. God has you here every day. He has you here for a reason, for a purpose. And listen, God has an appointed day for all of us. And all of our loved ones, my dear sweet daddy, who's been gone for, for 21 years, and I miss him every day. But listen, I'm not grieving as one who has no hope because I know I'll see him one day in glory. And he's having a good old time up there, Brother Herschel. My my daddy and Herschel are, are twins, They didn't know each other, but they're so much alike, it's unreal. Maybe that's why I love you so much. My grandmother, uh, you know, whom I love so much, my great aunt that that was influential in my life is in heaven. And one day I'll be reunited with them. And And one day we'll all be reunited. Whether we go by the way of the clouds or by the way of the clouds, one day we'll all stand before Jesus and we'll bow to the Lamb of God and we'll say, Worthy is He who was slain. Worthy is He to receive power and honor and glory and majesty and dominion and all those things that the human language is not adequately enough to expound on there'll be no sin there now to him who is able to keep you from falling to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy there'll be no hunger there no thirst there, for they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more; for the lamb, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them, and shall lead them into living fountains of water, revelation seven sixteen and seventeen. There will be no sea there. What does the sea speak of when we read? especially in the King James when we read that there will be no sea there. You see, when John the Revelator wrote Revelation, he was, uh, he was on the Isle of Patmos. He was exiled there where the sea roared loudly in his ears. He couldn't escape the, the sound of the sea. And it reminded him of the stormy life that he had lived in earth's existence In this life, however, Jesus said we would encounter storms. But when we go to be with Him, all storms will be over. And that's what John meant. There will be no more storms. Listen, it will be peace and it will be harmony and it will be heaven. It will be glory. Hallelujah. There will be no death. No undertaker. Because the upper taker has taken us home. It is a place of consciousness. It is a city not built by the hands of men. It is a place of splendor. No slums. No liquor joints. Beer joints. Clubs casinos, houses of ill repute, no more insane asylums, no more nursing centers. In this life, we have to minister to those in nursing centers, nursing homes, because it's the right thing to do. Amen? But they'll all be emptied. And all of our loved ones who've been there, all of our loved ones who've been in hospitals, those things don't exist in heaven Heaven is a place of splendor where there's streets of gold and there's mansions and there's room for all of us who know Jesus. It is a place of happiness. There is nothing sad about heaven. The Bible tells us of the, the singing that will go on. One of the prophets tells us of streets filled with children not crying but playing. What a wonderful place. Cancer gone. Diabetes is gone. Myasthenia gravis that I have is gone. ALS is gone. Strokes don't exist. No more crippled bodies, no more blindness, no more migraines, no more groans or sighs or or sleepless nights are all gone. Everything sad is nonexistent fruits without one speck upon them pastures without one weed roses without one thorn an orchestra without one discord violins without a broken string harps all in tune someone says well when i get to heaven i'm going to play my harp well i don't know about that but if you want to i guess if if god wants you to play a harp but you're not going to be an angel playing a harp. You'll be a saint. You'll be the crowning jewel of creation, redeemed, and you'll everything you do and everything you say, everything that you're able to do. And see, sometimes we say, "Well, I'm going to eat. I love, I love uh, uh, liver and onions." And I, my wife won't let me have it now. But so I get to heaven, maybe the Lord will let me have liver and onions. <laughs> I don't know about that, but hey. If you want to think that, that's fine. It is. I don't think you're going to eat liver and onions, but you, I don't know. I like liver and onions. So, Glenda, I'll get me some liver and onions. <laughs> the point is, it is a place of richness. No more poor people. Place without poverty because we're heirs and joint heirs of Jesus because of our faith and trust in Him as Lord and Savior in this life. And we'll fully realize that we're partakers of all that He has. There'll be no jealousy, no envy, no gangs. People won't be killing each other, people won't be robbing each other, people won't be raping people. People won't be lying and stealing, and 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 there will be no more bank robberies. There'll be no there'll be no more car wrecks. None of this will exist. It is home. The Bible says in Revelation twenty-one three, it is a habitation or abode of God, and. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and he will be their God is the place where Jesus is. One day Christ stood on a mountain top with his disciples all around him. And the word of God tells us that while they watched, he was taken up in a cloud of glory and received into heaven. And then two men in white apparel stood before the disciples and they said, as the book tells us, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven shall come again in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven no wonder Jesus said as recorded in John chapter 14 do not let your hearts be troubled you believe in God believe also in me in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go listen I go to repair places For you, and if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. And remember, the text tells us there in John 14:5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? How soon they were forgetting. And Jesus reminded him, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father. That's another way of saying no one gets to heaven. Yes, no one's going to see the Father. No one's going to see Jesus. No one's going to experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit in eternity without coming first through Jesus. Jesus said, I will come again. Now whether you are still here when he comes again or you've already gone by the way of the clouds, it doesn't matter. You see, I dread the fact that I might have to die before the Lord comes and gets me. Don't do that. The Bible says, the psalmist said, it is a good thing when a child of God dies. Not that we should want that to happen But the point of the psalmist was that, hey, if you die in Jesus, if you die in the Lord, if Jesus is your absolute Lord and Savior, if He's your ultimate sacrifice for your sins, if you've embraced Him completely, no matter what, it's all good. And then in closing share the illustration of Pepper Martin. He was the famous baseball player for the St. Louis Cardinals years ago. He was asked one day what his highest ambition in life was. And he didn't say it was to lead the league in batting or to have a starting role in the World Series. He replied, My greatest ambition is to see heaven. My greatest ambition is to see Jesus. In the meantime, while we're waiting to see Jesus face to face, let's live to become more like Him and glorify Him. Would you stand we're going to sing a couple of verses of this uh, invitation hymn if no one responds no one comes to pray then we will dismiss but you have the opportunity to come if you want to come pray I, we won't close till you get up and go back to your seat or if someone comes and Herschel will be here at the front. I'm going to ask him if if anyone needs to talk to someone, Herschel will talk to you. If you need to call him later or call me later, just know that we're here for you. But more importantly, when we can't help you, God can, Jesus can. Amen. Let's see. We just gonna are we just gonna play through it, or are we gonna sing? I'm sorry. Let's <laughs> turn to page three hundred seven.